Welcome back to Podcast 44 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follows at the Ozbakers. Follows on social media slash the Ozbakers. This episode is being brought to you by Betfred Sports. For 250 bucks of free bets, please visit Betfred. Use the promo code ODDS23. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to support the Ozbakers and benefit from the premium plays, please visit theozbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any of our winning campers to get their premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit theozbreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. Free plays are rolling, my friends. Major League Baseball is profitable. The summer is going well. And we have a great show for you today because Matt Humans from VEASAN is coming on to discuss the NFL and his plays, as well as his top 10 fast food restaurants. I'm going to get a little bit into that myself. Not necessarily a foodie, but having kids, I definitely stop at quite a few fast food restaurants when I have to. So I'm very excited to talk to Matt, get these podcasts rolling to a week. We are still in a massive construction project. So the second podcast this week will either be on Thursday morning or Friday morning. I am not sure. So please bear with me on that. Going to talk some college football, most likely Pac-12 coming up this week. And also wanted to give you a little info on preseason football. I will be doing my articles and my coaching philosophies on preseason football, probably starting as early as next week. So I'm very excited to get into some NFL preseason football with you guys as well. Here at the Icebreakers, we're always looking for new talent. If you're a handicapper with some experience, please visit the Icebreakers and message us in order to help monetize with us. We would love to have you and check you out. Email us at info at the As far as our memberships are concerned, if you want to get our football winners, I was up 35 units last year in the NFL. Please visit the Icebreakers, hit premium subscribers, and you can get a discount on our package. Use the promo code SUMMERWIN to get 100 bucks off any football package that is currently being offered at the Icebreakers. You can also get 50 bucks off any monthly package. If you just want to try a handicapper for yourself, see how the first month goes. What's coming new for my memberships as is I'm going to have my algorithms and spreadsheets and power rankings posted for premium members as well as our lines on every single game for college football and the NFL. So expect lots of great things coming in at the Ozbreakers.com. All right, without further ado, let's get into podcast 44 with our guest, Mr. Matt Humans from VEASAN. Now I'm very excited to welcome back a football guru and highly respected editor and host at the Vegas Sports and Information Network and Mr. Matt Humans from vcin.com. You can follow Matt on Twitter at MattHumans247. Matt, lots going on in our world today. You got football around the corner. How the heck are you feeling today? Hey, it's great to be back. Just don't call me a golf guru because British Open's two days into it and I don't feel like a guru on golf betting right now, but hopefully the football... 
uh, futures turn out much better than the British Open uh, so far. And, uh, you know, it is getting close to lunchtime, too, so we can start talking about food if you want. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I mean, some of the best stuff I love listening to you guys over at Visa and when you talk about food. And you, we both know from our off-air talks that I think our top two might be very close to each other right now. We'll see if anything has changed, but that's what made me think about it. And I got kids that are young and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going through drive throughs every once in a while here, probably a little more often than the average person because of that. So uh, why not rank our top 10 foods or fast food restaurants? I thought that'd be fun. Uh, but before I get into that though, um, you got some Midwest roots. I do obviously. Uh, how does living in the Southwest feel during some of these days of summer? And I ask that because we, us in Phoenix right now, and Chandler, where I'm at, uh, we're like hitting like uh, days of 110. I think it's like some of the most we've had in a row. <laughs> I love it. Uh, part of the reason I moved out here is I love the intense heat and I uh, love the weather in Vegas. We have basically same as Phoenix. You have sunshine 340 plus days a year. And I moved out mm -hmm. here from Chicago, and the last year I lived there, I, I got so annoyed because I think from November all the way maybe in the middle of May, I don't think we had one sunny day. Every, every day was overcast. The weather was crappy. I said, okay, I, there's no reason to live here anymore. I was covering the Chicago Bulls. Their dynasty was done, and this was the summer of uh, 2000. I said, I'm going to Vegas, and uh, I'm just going to move to the West Coast. I love it. I, when I hear people complain about the heat, I say, basically, shut the hell up. Because <laughs> you moved to Phoenix, or you moved to Las Vegas, you moved to the desert. What the hell did you expect? Okay, if you don't like it, move to North Dakota. There are plenty of places up there you can live, probably cheaper, too. And you don't, won't have to complain about the heat, but then you complain about the cold. I, I actually love the heat. And uh, I go out and golf, and I'll be golfing Saturday afternoon. It's supposed to be 115, 116. I'm going with a buddy out here to Red Rock Country Club. We're going to play in the middle of the afternoon, teeing off at 2 o'clock. So uh, I love the heat, man. I, I think it's uh, uh, it's great after spending, you know, close to the first 30 years of my life in the Midwest. I love it out here. You know, I completely agree with you, and I kind of felt you're going to say that because I heard that you've golfed in over 120 degree weather. And I don't know if I, maybe I have a limit on that, but I do, I will say that there's a lot of golf courses down here and golfing at 2 PM, you can almost get it for free. Yeah. Well, well, everybody else is complaining and, it, and the heat is really dry. It's you put a hat on, you know, you have enough water, obviously um, you forget about it. And <laughs> In this time of year, Matt, my dad, who's from Chicago and lives in by Lake Geneva now, tried to rip on me a little bit. He's like, hey, I heard it's hot down there. It's like, hey, you know, Dad, you got eight months of cold and wet socks, you know, wet, muddy socks. I will take four months of dry heat in swimming pools, you know. That's okay to me because the rest is golden anyway, you know. So I have absolutely no problem with the heat at all. And I'm happy I moved too. there's a lot of people that just do not understand that, but uh, I love visiting the Midwest. I was just there over the 4th of July and it was great, but uh, no problem coming back. And I'm in the middle of a remodel here in case it gets a little loud. So <laughs> wanted to warn our customers there or our, uh, our listeners there, but yeah, man, um, yeah, I'm, one of these days I'll get together and golf with you. I are, I am uh, heading up there. So I'll uh, shoot you a message here next month. But anyways, 
let's get back into some food talk, Matt. Uh, okay. I got 10 that I came up with. You know, I, I already had an idea of what I was doing, but I actually numbered them 10 through 1. And I think we should, uh, you know, see who our top 10 is. Maybe you want to start here, just go through like 10 through 7, and then I'll give you mine and we'll just kind of fire each way. All right, before I do that, I'll tell you, I've got an actual power rate uh, power rating system that I use for fast food restaurants. <laughs> and I detail that in the, the column I write every year. And last year I did my fast food. I expanded it to top 50. I wasn't doing top 25, but people loved it so much. It was kind of crazy how it caught on. And uh, I expanded it to the top 50 last year. I do have a power ratings formula, somewhat similar to what I use for college basketball and college football. For rating teams, obviously different categories, but uh, <laughs> there is a system for how I rank these one through 50. And these are the 2022 rankings. I can't give you the 2023 ratings yet because I didn't do them. As soon as I get done with my college football work here over the weekend, I'm going to start on the fast food. And I think we're going to announce the top 50 on the Mitch and Paul follow the money show on VSIN August 1st or August 2nd, something like that. But I can tell you, there is going to be a bit of a shakeup in the top 10 and a couple of uh, new franchises moving into the top 10 for 2023. But as far as last year, 10 through seven, number 10 for me is raising canes. It's all chicken fingers. That's what they specialize in, but they do it well. The sauce is the boss and uh, canes barely cracked the top 10. Number nine, Whataburger out of Texas. Whataburger gets uh, bonus points in my rating system for being open 24 hours. And uh, the only downside to Whataburger is the fries are really bad. Now, I'm not a fry guy. When I go to these places, a lot of times I don't get the combo meal because I don't like to drink Cokes. And um, I'm, I'm not crazy about fries. And one reason I stopped drinking Cokes about five years ago is because it's making me way too fat around the waistline, around the belly. And I'm actually, <laughs> I drink way too, way too much beer and whiskey to be drinking a lot of Cokes too. So, it's one or the other, man. You got to pick yeah, the better one. <laughs> I cut the Cokes out and I drink iced tea or ice water. And believe me, that's, that's actually helped. I can't imagine how fat I'd be if I still drinking Cokes all the time, getting a combo meal every time I went through a drive-thru. But I, I don't do that. And don't get the fries of Whataburger. Number eight, In-N-Out Burger. This is a, uh, a hot topic for a lot of people because it's uh, a polarizing subject. Either you love water, either you love In-N-Out Burger or you hate it. And some people hate yeah. it. Uh, I like it. I think it's solid. And the key to getting the fries at In-N-Out, you have to ask for the fries to be well done or light well. If you don't ask for that, you might get white, soggy, cold fries, and those are terrible. You might as well just throw them out the window of your car. Number seven, Arby's. And uh, Arby's has got a very diverse menu. And what I like about it, too, it's a gambling franchise. They're not afraid to try new sandwiches, new products. Unfortunately, when they roll one out, kind of like the Wagyu burger, and you like it, then about four weeks later, it's gone. And you don't know when it's going to come back. But Arby's does have a, a great menu. So that's 10, 9, 8, and 7 for me. Well, that's wonderful choices. One of those is in my top 10. For sure. Um, but I love it. And a couple of those, you know, it's funny, we have what a burger and I just never got, got around to it. So now I'm going to have to, now I'm going to have to get to one of those. Uh, number 10 Burger King for me. Uh, and, you know, they've actually fell over the years here. Now I didn't have a, a exclusive power rating like you did, but I know that Burger King was at least in my top five before this, 
but they're 10 and I do love their fries and I'm not a huge fry guy and they're not healthy, but they, I don't know if they add sugar to it or something, but it's extra like crispy. So I do like that. And the Whopper is, was always like my favorite with the sauce. I liked it more than the Big Mac, but it's taken a hit over the past few years. And I'm not sure if it's just the quality of the restaurants, but I've been some really bad Whoppers, bad looking ones too. And the cheese looks different too. And so I'll, I'll still keep them at 10, but they're teetering here. They might fall off for me, Matt. <laughs> Uh, Chick-fil-A is number nine and I'm not as big of a chicken guy as others. You know, I guess I understand why people have Chick-fil-A quite high. I do love their chicken sandwiches, probably the best for chicken sandwiches for me anyway, but their waffle fries are really good, you know? And so, um, I, am it's more unique because bars usually serve waffle fries. And I used to love getting waffle fries back in the day. Uh, when I was working as a valet, I'd get them every single day from the, from the, from the bar inside the hotel. But um, I, I just one of those my go-to things. Number eight is Chipotle. Um, I like the fact that they put lime in their rice, and I can taste it when I'm building that monster burrito. But what's nice is you can fatten that burrito as much as you want. You know, you sour cream, guac, and cheese. You know, and queso. You know, you do all three and just load it up. I might even say a little bit low on the rice. Keep the rice there, but not even. Don't even put a ton of it in there so it actually can fold up by the time I'm done with it, Matt. And number seven, Filiberto's from here in Arizona. I'm not sure if there's one in Vegas, but Philly Bees is uh, delicious when it comes to their carne asada burrito. Uh, their red and green sauce is fantastic. I love the green sauce more, but the quesadillas are monstrous. They have to fold them up. And you can even put some bean in there, and then you dump the sauce on. It's a sloppy way of eating. I would not recommend driving and eating it at all, but it is absolutely delicious, my man. So uh, go ahead with your six through your three. Uh, Filiberto's, I've been there in San Diego. I always get the steak torta, and you're exactly right. You can't eat that in your car because that's one thing I like to do. I like to eat while I'm driving around, time management, right? When you're driving from the book or you're driving to work or whatever. And uh, you can't eat the Filibertos in your car. It's going to be all over the place. It's going to be all over your shirt. Uh, no chance. <laughs> For so that's sure. a pro tip, right? Don't eat that in your car. Okay. Number six, I'm going with a uh, controversial one. It's McDonald's. It's the, uh, the most popular fast food spot in the world. So a lot of people love to criticize McDonald's, but everybody goes there. Almost everybody goes there. And uh, But I'll tell you this, in my power ratings, the McRib is worth a lot. To McDonald's rating, and if they follow through on their threat not to bring the McRib back, McDonald's is going to drop out of the top ten. Uh, I've been there; I think I've been to McDonald's four times this week already. And I agree with you. I like the Whopper a little bit better than the Big Mac, but the Whopper, the quality of it has slipped. There's no question. It all depends on which Burger King you go to, too, because some BKs have excellent service and they always give you good food, but it's uh, hit and miss. A lot of Burger Kings, you're going to get this crappy quality of food, and you're going to be disappointed in the Whopper. But McDonald's is pretty consistent pretty much everywhere you go. And I've still got uh, Mickey D's at number six. Shake Shack, a lot of East Coasters love the uh, burgers. Shake Shack's got really good fries, good burgers, good fry combo. And this has been a big riser in my rankings over the past uh, three years. Number four, Culver's out of Wisconsin. And I had Culver's when I lived in the Midwest, always liked it, and then kind of lost touch with it because you came out to the West Coast and there weren't any Culver's around, and there's still no Culver's in Nevada. 
But the menu is exceptional. I mean, you can get, if you want to, you can go and get a fish sandwich. That's good. You can get a pot roast sandwich. But the butter, bur butter burgers are off the charts. And the fries are really good, too, kind of like Shake Shack's fries. If you like ice cream and things like that, Culver's has got everything. Now, Culver's would be a threat to be number one on my list. I'm really irritated this place is not in Nevada. I just went to Bullhead City, Arizona, to Culver's a few weeks ago. It's so good. I would probably eat there five times a week if they had it in Vegas, but they don't. So, uh, six McDonald's, five Shake Shack, four Culver's, and then three is Chick-fil-A on my list. I was never a big chicken guy, but about, I'm going to say seven or eight years ago, this is probably too much information, I had uh, I had diverticulitis, lower back, and sides were really sore, and I couldn't even sit in my office chair for more than 10 minutes. The pain was just killing me. I didn't know what it was, and I went to the doctor and it turned out to be diverticulitis. And she said, what do you eat? What's in your diet? And I said, well, hamburgers, steak, uh, <laughs> hot dogs, Italian sausage, pepperoni and sausage pizza, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, that's it? That's why you don't eat any fish? You don't eat any chicken? I said, no, not really. I've been that way pretty much my whole life. And she said, okay, for the next 21 days, you got to take these antibiotics and you can't eat any red meat. It's going to be all chicken, all fish. At that point, the pain was so bad. I said, okay, I'll do whatever <laughs> if this will go away. So I did it. After about 14 days, the pain went away. I jumped back. I started eating burgers again. But I have started to work more uh, chicken, fish, things like that in there occasionally just so that diverticulitis never comes back because, man, that sucked. Yeah. I can tell you that. And uh, that's why. Chick-fil-A has been a riser on my list because if you're looking for a good chicken sandwich, I don't feel like there's a lot of places you can go. Uh, Wendy's yeah. has got a good chicken sandwich, a spicy chicken, and uh, yeah. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And outside yeah. of that, not a whole lot of options. I don't like the chicken sandwiches at McDonald's or Burger King or most places like that. But that's kind of why Raising Cane's and Chick-fil-A are in my top 10 now. Now that makes total sense. And uh, absolutely, uh, Culver's, you will be hearing from me in a little bit here about that taco <laughs> number six is taco bell and and you know it's i feel dirty saying it but um yeah. I, I mean they were my go-to after drinking some beers and playing volleyball when i was younger in my 20s like we, we had some bar leagues you know it was fun you know about 11 12 o'clock you know you have you know pretty much borderline to the point one not quite there but I don't know. I never really measured, but I always go through the drive-through, grab, grab my Taco Bell, the chicken burritos. But uh, it, they just have so much to offer. I love the double decker taco still, and I make it the supreme, of course. But it's just, I just something I love about it. And they, the Mexican pizza, they just have a lot to offer, and it's easy to drive with Taco Bell. I get the burritos, munch, munch, driving very simple, not even spilling on yourself. Uh, I love that because we just did talk about driving food. So wanted to mention that. Number five, I put Barrows, and I'm not even sure if this is fast food, but they whip up my pizzas really quick, and I'm talking like these pizzas are quality pizzas, you know? I mean, it's not Little Caesars. It's not Domino's, you know? It is like a delicious pizza, thick sausage, and they just do a fantastic job making it, and it's not just that. Their wings, and I've been to Buffalo, and I've eaten at Anchor Bar, the original place, of where Buffalo wings came from. These are the closest that I've ever had to the taste of the anchor bar. And they, and I get them like almost every week. Clearly, <laughs> we, we have one pretty close to our house. So I had to throw borrows on there. I'm not even sure if that uh, qualifies, but I also see a lot of people put ice cream 
points in for fast food. I, I took away ice cream points, Matt. Um, uh, number four, Jersey Mike subs. And this has been growing on me the last two, two or three years, but I, I mean, it's really delicious. They're, I think they're the best subs in the business and they're 7.5 inches or 15 inches. It's kind of perfect. It's like the foot longs at subway is too long, but the six inches is too short. Well, this one's a little bit bigger than that. So I can easily make two meals or a meal out of it. They're customizable and the amount of savory options is great. The app, Matt, the app is fantastic because you just click, 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 click. Add it. It's it's so customizable and so user-friendly. You're literally making your own sub, but kind of using the principles of their numbers, one through, I believe, 15 or 20 they have. And uh, number three, In-N-Out Burger, like you said, I'm not a fan of the fries, but the only way I'll have the fries is the animal fries because they'll dump their sauce on there and stuff and really and the cheese and spruce them up. And I, that's the only way I can eat their fries and like it. I don't like their fries. And, and to be honest with you, uh, Five Guys was probably my 11th, but they didn't quite make it. I, I'm not a big fan of their fries either. But what I will say is there's nothing to me that feels more American for some reason than In-N-Out Burger. And I know McDonald's was the first fast food and that's very American as well. My kids love McDonald's. My, my kids told me to put McDonald's number one, Matt. And I, 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 I just, I don't know. I, I love the filet of fish there. That's my favorite at McDonald's, but I, I, I can see the argument for it, but In-N-Out Burger is like America to me. And, uh, and when I'm there, uh, I love going, when I'm going to San Diego, I always stop there in Yuma at uh, In-N-Out Burger and eat. It's great. Plus we have quite a few of them down here and their sauce is amazing let's go with your number two and then your number one yeah number two is freddy's steak burgers and steak and shake used to be in this spot for me but steak and shake's kind of gone kind of downhill closed a lot of franchise the closed a lot of locations across the country and the quality of steak and shake just not what it used to be it's still my top 20 but freddy's steak burgers has taken over and uh excellent burgers the rest of the menu, so-so. I don't highly recommend it, but um, in terms of the steak burgers and the ice cream, uh, Freddy's is outstanding. And might be dropping a spot or two this year. We'll see. But uh, Freddy's is what Steak and Shake used to be. And Portillo's is the top dog on my list. Chicago street food, Italian beef sandwiches, Italian beef and sausage, Chicago dogs, everything. When we went there last year, in uh, Anaheim, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was right outside Anaheim. We flew over to uh, Orange County Airport, Mitch Moss, Paul Howard, and I, and Mitch and Paul had never been to Portillo's. And within five minutes, we got all, we got all sorts of food on the table, just stacked up everywhere. And Paul Howard's over there making noises like he's got an orgasm. <laughs> and, ooh, ooh, you know, I said, what, hey, settle down over there. And he's like, hey, A plus, this place is awesome. And he loved the chocolate cake shake and also, I mean, there's nothing that's uh, poor at Portillo's. It's outstanding all the way around. And when I lived in Chicago, I ate there almost every day, like five days a week. And I'm waiting for it to come to Nevada, too, a lot like Culver's. But I think right now, in 2023, the top two spots are Portillo's and Culver's. It's kind of a duel. And mm. one of these places has got to be the first end of Nevada, right? It's always like, which major professional sports leagues going to be the first one into uh, Las Vegas going to be the biggest success. It was the NHL. Yeah. Which franchise is going to be the first into Nevada Portillo's or Culver's 
Uh, hopefully they both get here soon enough because uh, those are the top, probably the top two on my list uh, right now. That's got to be brutal living where your top two isn't at right now, Matt. I, well, you know what? I, I'll tell you what. It makes it that much better, though, when you go there. It's kind of like I say, most married guys only want to be married two days a week. And your best <laughs> relationships, a lot of times your best relationships are long-term relationships, right? Where you see the girl maybe once a month for a few days because when you see each other for those few days, it's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of like Portillo's and Culver's when you haven't been there in so long because you can't go here every day. It's awesome when you go there, and uh, it's even it's even that much better. I don't think it would be any worse if it's here all the time, but you do appreciate it a lot more when you only get it occasionally outside the state. Oh, I, and it's I I agree. It's funny because we have a swimming pool and it's beautiful. I have a pool bar and everything. I don't use it nearly as much as I should. It's like uh, if I didn't have it, I'd be dying to go in it. <laughs> it's just one of those situations. I totally agree with you. And great choices. And I have the same top two. It sounds like you're coming. I, I had to put Portillo's at two. I, maybe it's because I lived more of my life in Wisconsin than Chicago when I was young, even though I'm a Bears fan and all that. I retained that when we did move to the border town of uh, from Bristol. But Portillo's Sweet Home Chicago, man. I mean, best Polish dogs. in the land. I, I, That's my go-to one is Polish dogs. But the whole freaking menu is amazing. I love their chicken and fish sandwiches, the beef, the beef. Uh, roast beef, Italian beef is fantastic. You can also get that with Italian sausage. You, you can have the, the beef croissant with cheese. Um, and if you really are cutting calories, you just get the bowl, sausage and beef in the bowl. You know, and they got the peppers and everything. So you can do that. There's options for that. Uh, the burgers and ribs. There's ribs on the menu. There's burgers on the menu. And it's just everything they make is great. But like you already mentioned it, the chocolate cake shake. It, that just makes you want to be a kid again, man. I mean, it is just so sweet and it's so delicious. <laughs> two, two just d- different types of chocolate just hitting you the ice cream and the cake. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I, I get it on my birthday, man. It's just it's just so good. So I've been really fighting with this being my number one, but I had to move it to Culver's, man, because the cheese curds. <laughs> Not too many places have cheese curds, and I'm a massive fan of cheese curds. Being from uh, Madison, you know, going to school in Madison, and uh, we used to get them all the time wherever we went to the bars. And um, uh, the Butter Burger Bacon Deluxe, man, that's my go-to right there. And uh, they have great fish options. Uh, the French fries are the jagged ones, and I love the jagged fries. Uh, the, just the fact that they have cheese curds. The first place we stopped when when I got off the plane on July 1st was the Culver's in uh, Oshkosh on the way up to Monaco. I stopped there immediately and I, I stopped to eat. I did not want to drive and eat. I just stopped, made the kids eat back. <laughs> we stayed in, I don't want to bring those kids into the restaurant, but we just ate in the car and the, and the frozen custard desserts. If you haven't seen the desserts there, go to the website right now, check out the amount of options they have for this frozen. Yeah. I don't uh, disagree with that. Culver's Portillo's, like you said, one, two for me, it's, uh, <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> How, how, how into this some people get they have very strong opinions on one place or another i don't know how you could ever dislike i don't know how you could ever dislike culver's or bertillo's though if you don't like yeah. one of those two places something's wrong with you right that's, <laughs> pretty, that's pretty much uh, i would say that's exactly and let's end it with that i mean we we just spent half our show talking about it but i think it was worth it um it was a great discussion and hopefully i definitely got some ideas from you to 
a couple places. The sh another the Shake Shack is another one I haven't been to yet, but I'm gonna. That's on my list as well. Down here in Arizona, we were blessed to have many Portillos. I remember it first came when the Cubs built Sloan, yeah. right? When they built Sloan, I was like, oh, Portillos is coming. Holy cow. It's like, what a perfect match. They're like five minutes from each other too. It's, I think that was on purpose. But now there's Portillos everywhere. But let's get into some NFL, my man. Uh, talk a little bit, you know, just from a high level from each uh, division here. Uh, the NFL or NFC North. We can start with being that, you know, you're from Chicago. I'm from there. Uh, you got the Bears at seven and a half, the Packers at seven and a half, the Vikings at 8.5 wins, and the Lions at 9.5 wins. Uh, anything you like in the NFC North? Yeah, I'm going to – a little bit of bad news for you. I'm probably not going to talk as much about football as I would have, but we talked so much about food. I'm so hungry now. I can't wait to go eat. So <laughs> I'll, I'll try to uh, analyze these. I'll try to analyze these as much as I can, but, man, I'm thinking about lunch. Uh, so <laughs> I did play the Packers over. I played the Packers over seven and a half. And going into uh, all my research for the v NFL guide, you know, you got an idea what you like. But when I really dig into the research, I started to like the Packers more and more. And then you do some critical thinking about it, and you think, well, most people are going to write off the Packers because Aaron Rodgers is gone now. Packers have no chance. Well, I'm, I'm thinking differently, and I always feel like to be a winning NFL better, you got to think uh, contrarian more often than not because uh, if you're putting out plays that are popular with the public, you're probably not going to do too well. So I'm not That's trying true. to win a popularity contest uh, with some of these win totals and some of these plays I've got in week one, but I do like the Packers over 7.5 and, a half and uh, minus 105. I think I would say about three years ago, Brian Gutekunst, too, I'm not crazy about, Packers GM. He did start planning for a new era, and I think he was trying to set Jordan Love, the quarterback from Utah State, up to – trying to set him up to succeed. And I think uh, what the Packers have done here is uh, put him in a pretty good situation. I'm going to say that Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur have drafted a total of eight wide receivers and tight ends in the past two drafts. So I, I think – uh, Jordan Love's going to lean on young receivers, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed. You got tight ends, Luke Musgrave, Tucker, Tucker Craft. But the, the key to the Packers' offense is going to be the power running attack. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon going to be more of a focus. And I think that's going to help out Love uh, considerably. If this is one of the top rushing offenses in the NFL, and it might be the number one rushing offense. Last year, Packers averaged 124.3 yards per game on the ground. If uh, David Bakhtiari, the left tackle, is healthy, it's only going to be a plus. I'm not really counting on that, but I think it's a solid line with Elton Jenkins, John Runyon, among others. Uh, the, the problem here could be in a year ago, I was really hyping up the Eagles on pretty much every show I did. And every show, the hosts would go, oh, no, not the Eagles. I don't like Jalen Hurts. Oh, no. And I did like Hurts. I thought he was going to have a breakout year. I probably did 50 shows last year, and nobody liked the Eagles, nobody liked Hurts. So that's fine. I'm not saying Jordan Love's going to be Jalen Hurts, but the Packers have done a pretty good job of, of putting the right pieces around him and giving him a chance to succeed this year. So if, um, if Love was worth that first-round pick, I think the Packers got a chance to be pretty good. The defense got to get a lot better at stopping the run, uh, but again, eight of the last nine years, the first round draft picks, been a defensive player. 
And they got a lot of young talent over there. If that talent comes together, the Packers can be good enough on defense. I really think the power running game is going to be the key to turning this around. And who knows, maybe Aaron Rodgers is going to be addition by subtraction in the locker room, brings this team to a little bit closer together. I know that a lot of Packers fans and even just most of us in general got really tired of Aaron Rodgers' diva act in Green Bay. And, you know, it was constant <laughs> drama. It was always a soap opera. It's always about Aaron Rodgers, me, me, me. Can I win an MVP? You know, and then he sucked in the playoffs. And he wasn't that good last year. He threw 12 interceptions. That was his highest total since 2008. Yeah. I think there's a chance here that the Packers surprise a lot of people. And, you know, to get over a win total of seven and a half in a division that's not that strong, it's not asking too much. So I did bet the Packers over seven and a half, and I took a shot, like a, a half unit bet on the Packers to win the NFC North at five to one odds. And, and those are great odds. And no disagreement here. And it's funny, as a Bears fan, I would, I've been saying Aaron Rodgers is about himself for the last, what, 10, 12, 15 years. And Packer fans would be like, oh, you're just a Bears fan. It's like, no, no. I, <laughs> I think that he's got issues. You know, he's definitely got issues. And it kind of turned out to – now they're kind of – they've seen how much drama the guy has. So um, I think it was a little bit too much of an overreaction to put them ahead of the Bears, who only won three games and, I don't know, maybe call it three and a half. I don't – they tanked the last game. They were going to lose anyway probably because I think the Vikings kind of weren't ready to play. It, the Bears – is probably going to be the one I would lean to the under strongly. I'm going to see if I can get an eight. And uh, as a Bears fan, it sucks to say that, but this is just too high of an expectation the very first year here uh, with this, you know, with the big changes that finally happened. You know, it's, uh, you still got the quarterback there, but I'm not even sure if Eberflus is good yet. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's, I'm not saying he's bad. I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know how, how good yeah. they really are. So we'll find out about him and pace a little bit. But the Vikings, man, the Vikings, their Pythagorean win was like eight, but below 8.5 last year. It's like they won 13 games. They, they're the biggest overachievers out of anybody. I'm looking to fade them. It looks like the market, you know, right away has the eight and a half. So they kind of know what's up, but um, I, I would only look under with them. I don't think they did anything to fix their defense. They went and drafted Jordan Addison and that replaces Thielen, but they didn't use Thielen properly last year. So it's just, uh-huh. yeah, they, they didn't, they didn't focus on what was important there. So I could definitely see a team. If it's not the lions who needs to improve their defense, it'd be the Packers. Let's move on to NFC South then. Then, who do you have in the South, or do you have any plays in the South? Just a, a footnote on what you said. I also am leaning Bears under seven and a half. If you can find an eight, let me know because I'll bet under eight for sure. The Bears <laughs> lost their final 10 games to finish three and 14. They were 0 and 6 in the division, and their uh, defense was last in the NFL in scoring 27.2 points a game, last in sacks with 20, 31st in rushing. Uh, there's a lot of areas the Bears need to improve, and I like the Bears under as well. I just have not bet that yet, but I've got my eye on it. I also lean Vikings under, even though there's been a major adjustment in that win total, and I'm not completely sold on the Lions, who haven't won that division, by the way, since uh, about 19 – it was in 1993 when it was the uh, NFC Central. All right, so let's go to the South. I like the Falcons a little bit. I like the, I like the uh, Panthers a little bit. I don't like the Buccaneers. There's not much to like about the Buccaneers, but I found this funny. I'm not going to throw a bunch of numbers at you about this division because I'm still kind of trying to decide what I want to do here. But I was watching an ESPN show, and the analyst said it's a no-brainer to pick the Saints to win the division. And I love to hear stuff like that when I hear a square say something like that because (laughs) my my opinion is already – 
that the Saints are not a no-brainer to win the division. Dennis Allen sucks as a head coach. Yeah. Derek Carr was terrible last year for the Raiders. If you think Derek Carr is going to be the savior, you're probably wrong. You know, if you watch the Raiders-Saints game at the Superdome last year, Derek Carr never got the Raiders' offense past midfield. Uh, that was the worst game I've ever seen him play. And now that guy's going to march into New Orleans and be the savior for the Saints. Uh, I just – I'm not really a Derek Carr guy. I thought he was really bad last year. And Dennis Allen's got a long – he got a lot to prove as a coach. So if you think that team's going to dominate that division, I doubt it. I do think the Falcons are a bit of a sleeper. I like a lot of the moves they've made in the offseason, good draft. Falcons overachieved last year too. And then uh, Bryce Young's going to make a difference with the Carolina Panthers. He's a smart quarterback. He's not going to turn the ball over. And um, I think the, the Panthers – they got a lot of holes on that team, so I'm not really going to hype them up and predict the division. I haven't bet that yet, but I'm keeping an eye on the Panthers because I think they got a chance to be good. But uh, the Saints are not my no-brainer pick to win that division, let's put it that way. Well, that's for dang sure. I, I was on the Saints last year, and then watching them crumble against Tampa at the very end was all Allen. And I was like, Tennis Allen. I started realizing that this is just not this is not the Sean Payton team. You know, this is not, and it's just going to get worse. And I, it bugged me because I had a massive number on them last year. I was like, seriously, and, and that division was so up for the taking, and they had the most talent anyway. But drove me nuts. I agree with you on the Falcons. I took them at plus one eighty to make the playoffs, Matt, and that was at BetMGM. I mean, I don't even know if that number's still hanging there, but I mean. I couldn't believe I was getting that number in this division when yeah. I know that Ritter's not proven, but at least played some games where you have the Bucks that has Baker Mayfield. You got the Panthers that has a brand new quarterback. You have Derek Carr to the Saints, and that could only just, like you said, turn into an absolute mess. I was shocked I got plus 180. Now the sports that seven teams and the FC make the playoffs. You know, I was like, wow, that's a great number. So I agree with you absolutely uh the falcons have an 8.5 win total i don't even need to bet that i think uh they get to nine wins they're they might be in the playoffs in an nfc that has the away game at the afc so the nfc on average eight home games nine away so i think they can get to nine they could be worthy of that wild card map plus the schedule they have the easiest schedule them and the saints actually have the easiest schedule i'm picking the falcons i'm with you let's move on to the nfc east anything you like there Well, you know, last year I was wrong about the Cowboys. I actually liked them under. And uh, like I said, I, I liked the Eagles to win that division. So I was right about the Eagles. And I got them a plus 180. So that was a positive. But the Cowboys had a better year than I expected. A lot of it was their defense. You know, it was, uh, I would say, I don't want to say a dominant defense, but it was probably one of the NFL's top five defenses. And that's why the Cowboys were better. I'm – I'm still a little bit skeptical about Cowboys this year because, you know, I always compare Mike McCarthy to like Skipper. When Remember the Gilligan's Island and the Skipper and the Gilligan uh, sure. can never get things right. K Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy were like the Skipper and Gilligan. Now the Skipper's calling plays for the Cowboys. And if you watch Mike McCarthy press conferences, you listen to him talk. Uh, you're never that impressed. It's almost like you just stumbled out of the buffet and uh, he hadn't really looked at the uh, – watched the film yet or, you know, looked at the playbook. I, I, I don't think calling plays for the Cowboys is going to be something that uh, helps Mike McCarthy keep his job. I still think it's going to backfire a little bit. And uh, Kellen Moore, in fact, I like his move to the Chargers because 
they were way too conservative on offense. And that downfield vertical passing game that Kellen Moore likes to employ, I think is going to be a big plus for the Chargers. Uh, the Cowboys, I'm just kind of holding out. I'm not going to be negative about them, kind of like I was last year at this time. I still think the Eagles are the best team in the division. The Giants make me pause a little bit here because of the Saquon Barkley situation. Everybody can say what they want about running backs being devalued. But Saquon Barkley is really, really important to that Giants offense. This is a guy who had 90 receptions as a rookie. He had 57 receptions last year. He's a big part of the passing game and a big part of Daniel Jones' development. You know, Daniel Jones is a $40 million a year quarterback. Without Saquon Barkley, I'm not sure he's worth half that. And I think Brian Dable and Daniel Jones are going to find that if they don't get Saquon in, in the camp and get him happy and get him on the field, the, the life is going to be tough for the Giants offense. Offensive line's better. I think there are a lot of pieces there where the Giants could be pretty good. But without Saquon Barkley, I would be betting the Giants under. So I'm going to keep an eye on that situation. I think it would be wise for Barkley to take the franchise tag, $10.1 million, because this money for running backs drying up. Take the 10.1, try to play yourself into a long-term contract. We saw with Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh, you know, if you set out a season as a running back, it could blow up in your face. So that situation's interesting. And the Washington uh, Commanders, goodbye, good riddance to Daniel Snyder. It's great that he's gone. I don't know if there's a handicapping angle there. If it's going to lift a black cloud over this team, they're going to play better. I still think the quarterback questions with the commanders are uh, are major, and there's a lot to answer there. So as of right now, I don't have a play in this division. Uh, you know, the Eagles' win total has been jacked up so much last year, you could have got it at eight and a half on the opener. And uh, you're not going to get that type of value with the Eagles this year. So I still like the Eagles to win the division, but I have not made any futures bets. I do have a bet on week one involving a couple NFC East teams. I took the Giants plus three against the Cowboys. Okay. And Saquon Barkley does play. If it looks like he's not going to play, I might have to find a way to get off that bet because I'm not going to like the Giants if Barkley's not going to be on the field in week one. So it's another thing I've got to keep an eye on. But, yeah, I've got – I think I've got five plays in week one. That's one of them. Giants plus three, home dogs. Uh, but the Barkley situation does concern me. Oh, for sure. I mean, if he's not playing, you can get creative. Now I never tease three to three unless I'm getting out of the bet. You know, that's the only way I would and bet him with something else that you're going to tease anyway. That's a possibility on the Cowboys side to make that middle. But um, yeah, it's uh, I, I made a bet that I kind of regret a little bit, but I'm still kind of mentally sticking with it. I bet the commander's over. And it was over six and a half. And my thoughts were that, yeah, Dan Schneider's gone and everyone's just hating them. The public hates them. Uh, you know, that's a, I think it's kind of a contrarian look to me. But um, we don't know how good their quarterback's going to be. We don't. But I will say that Sam Howell was before he lost everybody at North Carolina. And I mean, everybody to the draft. He had to play that one more year and he looked bad because he didn't have anybody. Then he plays that last game against the Cowboys. And you can say that the Cowboys weren't really into the game, but you know, McCarthy said he wasn't tanking that game. I, it's hard to know what was true. And I actually did bet the skins that are skins, the commanders that game. But <laughs> I, I just think that, you know, with Rivera there, he's on a, he's, he's on a coaching year that has to save his job. I seen him be doubted and do well before he was a bears DC for a while too. I, I think there's a shot that they can go over. And um, I, I see the Giants could take a step back. So we'll see. 
in this one. Now, last year I did hit the Eagles and the Cowboys both over their win totals, but I only bet them early, and I bet them because they had that super easy schedule last year. Now I'm looking under in the Cowboys. I'm looking under, and I think that wouldn't be a, it would be a solid play. Find a 10 because that's where I got mine at. I don't think it's out there right now, but mm-hmm. I would find a 10 because um, I just don't see the Cowboys at 11. I see them 10 at the highest, losing their offensive quarter. And you, everything you said about McCarthy, you nailed it. He, he looks like he just he kind of have a buffet and has no idea what he's talking about. So, agreed. NFC West. So, Cardinals are at four and a half. Rams at six and a half. Seattle's at eight and a half. And Niners are at ten and a half. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot for you here. I'm skeptical about San Francisco because you lose Mike McGlinchey off the offensive line. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's plenty of skill position talent there around the quarterback, but who's the quarterback? you got quarterbacks coming off injuries. I still think we're giving my, uh, Kyle Shanahan too much credit, calling him a boy genius all the time. He's, he's played a big role in blowing two Super Bowls. He traded a bunch of assets up to the number two pick in the draft to take Trey Lance, and here we are two years later, and he doesn't even know if Trey Lance can be his quarterback. And, you know, Brock Purdy – Looks like he's going to be the guy coming off a serious injury, and Trey Lance also coming off an injury. And you got Sam Darnold, the number three quarterback. You also got a new defensive coordinator because D'Amico Ryan's went to uh, Houston to take the top job. There's a little, there's a few changes here with the 49ers that I can see why the market, the win totals, come down a little bit on San Francisco because I like it under. I didn't get to it early, so I'm not going to bet it now. But I am going to fade the Niners. I'm fading the 49ers in week one. I'm taking the Steelers as home dogs in that game. And if you remember last year, San Francisco played on the road at Chicago in week one and lost that game 19-10. to 10. I think the 49ers can lose on the road in week one again at Pittsburgh. And uh, that's another home dog I like in week one. So, so I'm, I'm leaning towards the Seahawks and over the win total, but I can't quite get there on that play. It seems, it seems a little public. I know a lot of people who like it. The Rams could be really bad. We all know what the Cardinals are. Um, but as of right now, the only bet I've got and uh, the only bet I got in my pocket is Pittsburgh as a home dog getting three in week one. Okay. Um, I mean, the Rams I have a lot of. And I, I that was my first win total bet. Uh, I think it was in March. I took under seven and a half at flat money on the Rams. It was plus okay. 100. That was, um, and then I found them at under seven and a half a couple months later, maybe a month and a half, two ago at minus 145. And I took it again because I found a six and a half at flat. So I took a six and a half over. So I'm really hoping for a seven, but even if I don't get the seven, I'm still cashing, you know, as long as they don't hit eight games. And I just think them winning eight games is quite unrealistic with what they really have going on. Heck, they have drama with their quarterback now because Matt Stafford's not redoing things. Let me help you a little bit with Seattle over. I like Seattle over just partly because this division is taking a big hit. And everything you just said about the Niners is true. I wasn't impressed with Purdy because when he came in, he had the Cardinals twice. Uh, I think they had the Giants, but really overrated teams. They had a kick part of their schedule all six or seven of those games that he played. And then he plays Dallas at home, and he he got to 19 points, but it was the defense that won him that game. We know that. It wasn't so much. You know, it's – they have a mess at quarterback. I do believe in Shanahan a lot as a coach, so I I, I still think he's a great coach. Maybe not a Super Bowl coach, but just he knows how to win. 
but I just don't, I'm just not seeing it with the quarterback. And I think they did take some big hits, like you said, with McGrinchy. So I, I think Seattle does get over the eight and a half. And I did play that earlier this year. And I love the moves they made. I first hated the, the Smith and the Jigba pick, but when I found out that they got Devin, you know, they got Devin Witherspoon, best cornerback in the draft, edge right. Derek Hall. Um, I, I, they got a lot of guys, and they made some great moves, getting Draymond Jones, Julian Love, Jaron Reed, Bobby Wagner back, Devin Bush. They made great moves in the offseason. So I, I'm with you on that one. I'm definitely – I like Seattle over. Let's move on to the AFC North. We'll start with the Steelers, 8.5, Browns, 8.5, Ravens, 9.5, Bengals, 11.5. <laughs> hey, to follow up on your point, too. I might get there on the Seahawks over the win total. I, I do think they've had a great offseason, love their draft. And I'm not saying Shanahan is uh, a poor coach. I think he's a really sharp play caller and a good coach. But it gets overlooked too often that he played a big role in blowing two Super Bowls. He actually blew the NFC yeah. Championship game uh, with his play calling. Didn't get the ball to Debo Samuel in the fourth quarter uh, when the Rams got there and won a Super Bowl. And how can you trade that much to get up to the number two pick and take Trey Lance and then – all of a sudden say, well, Trey Lance not as good as we thought he was. You had a lot of time to evaluate those quarterbacks. If you're a, a quarterback whisperer or some sort of offensive wizard, you got to know what you're trading up to get at the number two right. pick. So yeah. I don't think yeah. he gets criticized enough for that at this point. As far as the uh, AFC North, this is the first time in my life I've picked the Cincinnati Bengals to win the Super Bowl. And uh, I thought, so when we do the v NFL betting guide, we got a a panel of like 20 people who picked their division winners, playoff teams, Super Bowl winners. And I got into the file and I was the first one to make the picks. So I go through it. And I said, okay, I'm going to take the Bengals here. I'm going to go off the grid a little bit. Uh, and uh, then when the, everybody else got done making their picks, there was like 16 out of 20 had the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you thought you were the lone one. <laughs> I thought I was going to be a little bit contrarian with that, with that Cincinnati pick and not the case. I do love the Bengals. I thought they should have beat the Chiefs in Kansas City in the playoffs. Yeah. I thought they were going to beat the Bills on that Monday night when you had the uh, unfortunate injury situation early and they had to cancel that Monday night against the Bills. I thought the Bengals were playing really good football. And they've had a good offseason, too. I thought the Bengals had an excellent draft. They put more pieces around Joe Burrow. And I think this is the best team in the best division in football for the most part. I mean, the AFC East is really good too, but I'm going to go with the AFC North as the best division. So I like the Bengals the best. I think the Ravens probably rank slightly ahead of the Steelers. I think a lot of people are maybe underrating the Steelers a little bit at this point. Like I said, I like them in week one as home dogs to the 49ers catching three. And, uh, you know, I'm just not on, on board with the Browns yet, probably because I just – been in such a negative frame of mind about Deshaun Watson the past couple of years that I can't jump on board with the Browns until I see Watson actually start to play a lot better. I mean, it's obvious the guy's been a head case. And last year when he came back, he wasn't ready to play. I don't know if he's going to be a different guy this year or not. There are a lot of aspects to the Browns I like, but I can't get there yet because of Watson. So that's kind of my take on that division so far. You know, so I'm attacking this division a little differently. And I was on the Bengals to win it last year. I was able to get that. And you know, obviously the whole Lamar mess last year helped a little. Uh, I, I'm taking this. I took the Steelers at six and a half to one to win the division. And I split it with the Ravens at, I think, plus 300, something like that. And 
I'm just playing against the Bengals for the division. I think the Bengals still can definitely get the playoffs or win the division, of course, they're the favorites. I mean, but um, the reason I took it is because I thought there was some value on that just based upon the Bengals having the first place schedule. Um, now that they reworked the deal with Mixon and stuff, it makes me kind of like, eh, do I, am I having buyer's remorse here? I don't know. I, I like Joe Burrow a lot, and I'm still considering a pick, uh, a, a decent-sized play for him for MVP. I only want to play one person for MVP, and I'm thinking it's Joe Burrow because, you know what, if, if, if he does blow through this division, he's next. You know, he's next. He's the next guy up, and I just don't like Zach Taylor. And that's – I think – I'm here's the thing. That Ravens game in the playoffs without a quarterback, they should have lost that game. I mean, sure. there's a four, 14 point swing on that. And it was Zach Taylor not using Mixon. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Um, mm-hmm. I, I, he really frustrates me. And so I thought, you know, maybe I can do attack it both ways. But um, I love Joe Burrow. I think he's a top three, maybe top two quarterback in the league right now. And he's going to push Mahomes for sure. So I, I, I'm torn on the Bengals a little bit, but. Um, I, I thought playing it two ways, and I completely disagree or, or agree with you against just Sean Watson. I don't like the Browns. I don't like the Browns coach. I don't like, I don't like anything about the Browns. So they're more of a fade team for me. Uh, AFC South here. So we will have slight disagreement here, but um, I know that team you're on, and I thought they made, just made a really good game. You're breaking up a little bit. You still oh, have- no problem. A- okay. AFC South, Colts 6.5, okay. Texans 6.5, Titans 7.5, Jags 9.5. Might be some disagreement here. Uh, oh, yeah, to follow, again, what you said on the AFC North, there's a lot of – I don't like Zach Taylor either, and there's a lot of coaches I don't like. So sometimes I have to get past that. Sometimes I focus on the, the quarterback and the personnel, even though I don't <laughs> like the coach. I mean, there's a lot of bad coaches in the league. Uh, AFC South. Definitely taking a contrarian view here. I think the uh, Jaguars are the most overrated team in the betting market. We've seen the market come down a little bit. Now, I bet the Jags under 10 plus 105. And just about five days ago, I found another Vegas book that's got 10 and a half on the Jaguars. I had to lay more juice. I don't like it, but uh, I played under 10 and a half minus 150. Don't forget the Jaguars were four and eight before they won five in a row last year to get to nine and eight just to get into the playoffs. In week 18, they had to beat Josh Dobbs, a practice squad quarterback for the Titans. And without the strip sack and a fumble, they probably would have lost that game at home in week 18. I think the Jaguars being way overrated here. They got some potential problems that could be really big on their offensive line. They got a bunch of underachievers on the defensive line, and their secondary has got a bunch of holes in it. Yeah, they've got some uh, Trevor Lawrence and some skill position guys that are going to excite the public, but that's what I like because I think most people handicap and they focus on the skill position players. I'm looking at the the two lines and the secondary, and there's a lot I don't like about this team. Jaguars are down 27-0 at home in the playoff game to the Chargers for a reason. They're not that good. And, uh, yeah, they came back and won the game, but that's what the Chargers do. So even when the Chargers were up 27-0, I was on a show on B-CIN. I said, if there's one team in the world that can blow this lead, it's the Chargers. And they actually did it. So I just watched the replay of the game on NFL Network this afternoon. It's comical how bad the Chargers can be sometimes. You know, coaching decisions and just mistakes. And 
I remember where I was at when I watched the game. I remember it. You know, I remember I was at a I was at a friend's pool party and I was like, just like, are you kidding me? Yo? <laughs> yeah, I know. So I was talking about my Jaguars under win total bets on the follow the money show on B and, and Paul Howard said, You love the Titans. No, not necessarily. You can't perceive it that way. I don't love the Titans. But I, I'm feeding the Jaguars, so i got to like somebody in that division. So I do like Mike Vrabel as an underdog coach. He's better as a dog. He's got the number one run defense in the NFL. There are some, there are some definite things you got to like about uh, the Jaguars. And now this DeAndre Hopkins signing, I was hoping that would happen. And uh, no, it's not going to be a big deal. It's not going to move the needle in the futures, really. But the Titans got Traylon Burks from Arkansas, second-year wide receiver. I like him. But it's going to definitely help to have a veteran out there on the field and off. DeAndre Hopkins can take some attention away from some of those younger receivers. And I think he's going to be big in this offense for Ryan Tannehill. And that's who I want to be the quarterback. I think this is Tannehill's last dance in Nashville. He's in his contract year. I expect him to play well. It's a good offensive line. You got Peter Skronsky from Northwestern. I thought he was the best run blocker in the draft. They're still going to run the ball with Tannehill, who was banged up last year. They can throw it a little bit, and the defense is legit. I like this Tennessee defense a lot. Don't forget that two years ago, the number one seed in the AFC was the Tennessee Titans. It was not the Chiefs. Uh, it was not the Bills. It was the Titans. Now they choked in the playoffs, but we're not talking about the playoffs. I got Titans over 7.5 plus 110. I bet the Titans are 4-1 to one to win the division for like a half unit. Then I found plus 425. I bet another half unit on it. And then I found plus 450 last week at the South Point. And I bet another half unit. So I got one and a half units on the Titans <laughs> to win the AFC South. And the Titans over the win total and the Jaguars under. And also in week one, I played the Titans plus three and a half at the Saints. And the Colts plus four against the Jaguars. So I've actually got a bunch of plays here uh, for the AFC South. And um, a lot of stuff I, I like in this division. I'm going to go back to, let's see, I'm looking at some of the numbers here. Well, yeah, the I Jacksonville defense allowed 6,006 total yards. What's that? I love that three and a half versus the Saints. Are you kidding me? That I love that three and a half you bet versus the Saints. That's a great number. Plus three and a half. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of numbers. A lot of numbers I can throw at you here, but the Jacksonville defense was 24th in the league in yards allowed, 6,060 yards allowed. I don't think it's better. I don't think this defense is any better. They've had kind of a strange offseason. They lost one of the best offensive linemen. Tennessee, number one run defense in the league. Secondary needs a little bit better, be a little bit stronger. But, hey, this is not a sexy team. I know it's not going to be a popular pick, but I'm going to go with Vrabel, the guy who can grind out ugly wins and overachieve. And uh, I'll go with the Titans here in this division. What are the Titans to win the conference? Because uh, I, I didn't should... bet that. I just bet them to win the division. Like I said, they, they could get to the playoffs and lose their first game. I don't know. I just but their first, the their first game might not be until after the bye. Because the reason I say that is because there's a chance. And this is, and this is why I bet the Jaguars a while ago. Um, to win the conference because I thought it's a very hedgeable bet if they can get the number one seed. Now, the way I looked at it was their schedule is pretty easy. Um, I know the Jaguars have a first-place schedule, so they do get Kansas City. You know, they do get the tougher teams like Buffalo. But I feel that 
you're going to get a hell of a lot of value if you're right about the tight the Titans because I just feel that they're going to have that part of the schedule too. They're they're sure. uh, I think their schedule ranks. Uh, I, I have to pull up the numbers here, and I'm having bad internet as you know, but uh, I think that their schedule ranks one of the easiest in according to Vegas twin totals uh, in, in the league. And I know that the Jaguars will have it easier than the chiefs, especially the chiefs that have a harder division. They're going to have it easier than the Bengals and they're going to have it easier than uh, the bills in my opinion. So I, I think you would, you should think about when betting them for conference. Cause I want that with the Jags Cause I like Trevor Lawrence and this feels like that Eagles team that Doug Peterson coached in what was it? 18 when they beat the Patriots. Was it 17, 18, one of those years? can't remember exactly, but uh, uh, I, it just kind of felt like that. But I, I don't disagree with any, anything you said there, and I thought the DeAndre Hopkins pick – Tannehill is gone, but you're right. He might be going out swinging, you know, and it's almost like he was, he was so disrespected taking away A.J. Brown, and then they draft Levis in the yeah. second round, which was interesting. I almost feel like they're trying to make amends with him. I, I don't know, but they, 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 they did get him in the second, but I, I didn't like Levis, but – I, I, that was kind of a kick in the pants, but um, yeah. <laughs> what if he what if he does win the win the conference and they franchise tag him? That would be an interesting story for next year. But uh, but I think that you, you might find some value there. Let's move on to uh, the next conference here or the next division. I mean, AFC East: Patriots seven and a half, Dolphins nine and a half, Jets nine and a half, Bills ten and a half. Yeah, if the uh, AFC North is not the best division in football, I think it's the AFC East. And I, I do feel like some people are sleeping on the Patriots. Or maybe I'm just living in the past here and still rating Bill Belichick higher than he is uh, current day. I don't know if Belichick was the only person on the planet who thought it was a good idea to put Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in, term, in charge of the offense last year. But, man, that <laughs> backfired. Nobody could have thought that was a good idea. That blew up in Belichick's face. I think Bill O'Brien's going to make a big difference in this offense and Mac Jones. I listened to Kirk Herbstreit of ESPN, I would say a few weeks ago, and he was talking about Mac Jones and how he's a thousand percent in on Mac Jones being a Pro Bowl quarterback in the next two years. I've got a similar opinion on Jones. I, I don't need Kirk Herbstreit to say it, but it's good to hear him say it as, as a guy who's a good quarterback evaluator. I think a lot of people are going to doubt Mac Jones at this point because he did look bad last year, but hey, and you got Patricia and Judge as your offensive coaches. Those guys are not offensive coaches. When they're running the offense, how's Mac Jones going to look good? He didn't have much receiving talent. Tight ends were underachieving. The line was not great. Of course, Mac Jones is not going to look that good. Patriots offense actually uh, declined from 48 touchdowns in 2021 when Josh McDaniels was OC to 31 touchdowns last year. Right, that's, a, that's a major drop-off. I think Bill O'Brien is going to rebuild Mac Jones. You got Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Gusecki at tight end. You got some targets out there that's uh, that's that are going to help Mac Jones, and I think Bill O'Brien, just in general, is going to make a big difference. Now, the Patriots' defense ranked sixth in rushing, eleventh in scoring. They shut out the Lions, uh, despite most things going wrong. The Pats went eight and nine. If O'Brien could get this offense back on track, I think this team goes at least nine and eight. Now it's a really tough division. Uh, but I'm not completely sold on the Dolphins and Tua. Uh, the Jets got a ridiculously hard schedule. If you break it down, Jets are going to be lucky to be three and three after six games or four and four after eight games. I think the Patriots are going to be right there in the hunt. 
And uh, I played them over seven and a half, and I played the Patriots plus five as home dogs in week one against the Eagles. Uh, so that's kind of my take so far. Last year, I had a bunch of futures on the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl, and that was really disappointing how the Bills fell apart and the run defense got steamrolled by the Bengals in the playoffs. And um, so it seems like not many people are talking about the Bills as compared to this time a year ago, and maybe that's a good thing for Buffalo. Uh, but that pretty much sums up uh, right now what I've played in this division. I'm a little higher on the Patriots, I think, than most. But we'll see if that blows up in my face. I mean, I, you have a great point. Belichick, we, let's just pretend and excuse them for the Patricia thing. Um, I, You have to just be like, okay, everyone makes mistakes. But I've also always wondered if it was more brave. <laughs> no. I always wonder if it was more Belichick or Brady, and I, I'm leaning definitely Brady now. But at the same time, you have to remember Bel Belichick got some quarterbacks rich when Brady was hurt. He made the playoffs with what's his name? I forgot his name, and Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, too, who's not as good as he, you know, people advertise. I but back uh, yeah, then, was it Matt Castle? Yeah, yes, it, it was Matt. Yeah. You know what? And here's another thing. I'm just going to add in quickly because you're talking as a more Brady, more Belichick. I hear this a lot. Uh, you can't forget how good those Patriots defenses were, uh, especially when Brady was winning the early Super Bowls, right? So yeah, I'm still saying it's 50-50. Yeah, now when you look back at it now, you're saying, well, it was more Brady than Belichick because Belichick's starting to fade out. I think he's getting a little too egotistical. thinking he could walk on water here late in his career doing a lot of stupid stuff like putting defensive coaches in charge of the offense. But the <laughs> Patriots still had great defenses. They won a lot of those Super Bowls. Because they had great defenses. I'm, I'm still going to say it's like 50-50, right? Symbiotic relationship. All right. Well, you're still at 50-50. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, but we'll see if that changes. Uh, Dolphins, Dolphins under nine and a half. Um, it, okay. They are just the sloppiest. What are you doing? You have two of that got, what, three concussions last year. I think one wasn't reported. He, he was – the reason they didn't play him the rest of the year because he was one hit away from retirement, what's going to change this year? Like, magically, he's not concussion prone? And who's behind him? Skylar Thompson? Mike White? I mean, this is a disaster waiting to happen. When I say disaster, they spent a ton of money on guys like Tyreek Hill, uh, the defense, and – they're just going to let it all go by not protecting Tua and putting somebody competent in as right. backup. And it blows my mind. That's all I need to happen for this thing to go under nine and a half. And I would consider an alt line total on that. The bills. Uh, I think that day ball was more important than we realized to this team and they could start regressing a little bit more as well. So I, I'm not high in the bills either. I don't like how they lost Tremaine Edmonds to the bears and didn't really, uh, they kind of replaced him in the draft, but that's still a, a coin flip. You don't know if Simps Simpson is going to be all that good yet. So that's th that's my problem there. So uh, totally get what you're saying there. Last one, the AFC West, Raiders seven and a half, Broncos eight and a half, Chargers nine and a half, and Chiefs eleven and a half. Anything in this division? Uh, yeah, of course. Got something here. Actually, I, I previewed this division for the uh, the. And NFL betting guide too. I do it every year in the AFC West, but I like uh, everything you said there about the AFC East. First of all, because I'm on the same page on the Dolphins, I have a lot of similar thoughts about the Bills. 
I'm going to throw this one parting thought at you on the Belichick Brady debate. <laughs> okay, okay, the last Super Bowl the Patriots, the last Super Bowl that the Patriots won, number six, they beat the Rams thirteen to three. That was all Belichick and his uh, his defense winning that. Brady was bad in that Super Bowl, right? You remember how bad he was in that thirteen to three game, and that was all defense. So I'm, just, I'm saying I love Brady. Give him a ton of credit. Uh, he was a huge part. I just those guys aren't going to win those Super Bowls without each other, and that's why I'm still saying. Who's quarterbacking for the Rams? Who's quarterback for Rams Goff. that day? That was Jared Goff. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, he got better. That's for sure. Um, he's looking Sean good. Sean McVay, Sean McVay, and Jared Goff got schooled by Belichick. But what Brady do in that game? What did he do in that game? He was terrible. All right, he completed one pass to Gronk at the end <laughs> to help him clinch the game. But uh, that's that's just my parting thought on that. I I just. Uh, I know a lot of people are leaning Brady with the way things have happened here in recent years. I, I fully understand that. But uh, I still think Belichick and his defenses played a huge role in winning uh, those Super Bowls. Patrick Mahomes, 27-3 and record as a starter versus AFC West opponents. 11-0 against the Broncos, 9-1 and against the Raiders, 7-2 and against the Chargers. With Mahomes as a starting quarterback, the uh, the Chiefs' records have been twelve and four, twelve and four, fourteen and two, twelve and five, fourteen and three. All right, so I know it's a square <laughs> opinion, but I'm not going to say under this year. This is the year the Chiefs take a step back. A lot of people thought that was last year. If you go back a year, Kansas City was plus one seventy five to win this division. Now it's a minus number, about minus one sixty. That's how the favorites flipped here because these other teams have not closed the gap. So I'm not going to say under on the Chiefs. I do lean over on the Chargers. I think Kellen Moore is going to make a difference with this offense. The offensive coordinator is really kind of holding back Justin Herbert. And, uh, the you know, the injuries to the receivers, Keenan Allens, Mike Williams, those played a big role in it too. Those guys combined for only eight touchdowns last year, Allen and Williams. they got to be better than that. they got to be on the field. Got to be available. A lot of injuries on defense. It feels like the, the Chargers are a lot like the Clippers and the Angels. They always look good on paper, and then they – they get snake bit by injuries, bad luck, poor coaching, and they underachieve. Uh, but I do lean over on the Chargers. Uh, I'm not sure what to make of the Broncos, even though I do think that Sean Payton's going to bring out the best of Russell Wilson. I expect a bounce back here from Wilson, who last year looked fat, old, slow. And this year I think he's in much better shape. And, um, you know, Nathaniel Hackett was about as bad as it is as a head coach and a guy running an offense. And with uh, Sean Payton calling the shots here, I think it's going to be a huge, huge upgrade for the Broncos. So I don't have a future on the Broncos, but I do expect Russell Wilson to bounce back. The Raiders, to me, look like a fade. Sources I've got to cover the team say Jimmy Garoppolo's foot injuries is more serious. And then they're kind of letting on. They don't know if he's going to be ready to start the season and don't know how much he's going to be able to play. Now, if he does play, that's still a bad defense. It's got a lot of holes in it. I've got a lot of questions about Josh McDaniels as a play caller. I, I you know, Josh Jacobs is unhappy now. He's franchise ta tagged, and he didn't want to. He's not going to get a long-term deal. He's unhappy with the organization. He led the NFL in rushing. Devontae Adams came to Vegas because he wanted to play with Derek Carr. He's the real deal. At 100 receptions, 1,516 yards, and 14 TDs without Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. Who's going to be the quarterback? Is it Brian Hoyer? Is it rookie Aiden O'Connell? I don't know, but I think the Raiders are in trouble here. We're seeing the betting market 
disappointing under on this team. Uh, so I, I do like the Raiders under seven and a half. The problem is now the juice is so high, you got to lay buck 80. Yeah. You want to bet the Raiders mm-hmm. under that number. Uh, but the, the defense ranked near the bottom of the league in all key categories last season, only six interceptions, only 27 sacks, 26th in scoring. There's so many areas the Raiders need to address, and I, I think they've got a little bit better through the draft, and I've made some pretty good moves. The pro football focus ranks the Raiders 25th in the NFL and the worst team in the division, and i got to tell you, I don't disagree with that. So that's kind of where I stand. I, I would love to see Justin Herbert and the Chargers put it together. I would love to see it happen. I just how much confidence do you have in the Chargers actually doing that? It seems like we've been talking. But the, the sharp betters always gravitate to the Chargers, right? It seems like every year it's, it seems to be that way for the last 15 years or more. And they underachieve far more often than not. But, man, on paper, the Chargers look good. Well, they remind me of the Falcons when on the sharp betters were betting them because of EPA, but they just couldn't do it in the red zone. Yeah. It was just one of those weird just problems. And Staley's just – hasn't been a good coach. He used to be super aggressive, and then the year he needed to be aggressive last year, he failed. He completely stopped being aggressive. Just made sure. absolutely no sense for what he did. Um, yeah, I can't disagree with anything you said about the Raiders. Jimmy Grapple's got a lot of problems. Maybe he's spending a lot of time cashing in that chicken ranch promo that they offered him over there in Vegas. But uh, uh, <laughs> the Chiefs, on the other hand, I think that the Chiefs – could go under and I almost feel the NFL adding the 17th game Matt and uh you know with the 17th game it's almost becoming more NBA like here with the NFL and I think that it's a Super Bowl hangover year but I think this is they're going to kind of come into the season I don't think there's going to be a high propensity to compete super hard until towards the end I got 11 and a half at plus 120, and they can win 11 games and win this division still, Matt. But, um, you know, it, when, when they came in with a tough offensive line switch, the Chiefs, it, they, it took them, what, seven, eight games to gel? Was that two years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, now they lost Orlando Brown. They lost Andrew Wiley, two tackles there. They lost a bunch of guys on D, Frank Clark, uh, Kalen Saunders, uh, Charles Omanihu. Safety, Juwan Thorhill. It, you know, they, they just, there's just a lot of guys. I don't think they, they signed Carlos Dunlap yet. I don't think they're going to. They did replace him, but this just feels like one of those years that, you know, they're not going to cover the big spreads. They're just going to win the games. If they're ever a dog, they're going to destroy the team, you know. Um, and I think they get to 10 or 11 wins, and I'll cash my plus money on the 11 and a half on the under because what you said, the Chargers look good. Denver can take a step forward here now that they actually have a competent coach. Maybe Russell Wilson's done being a diva. Let's hope. But um, I did take a shot at the under 11 and a half, and that doesn't mean they can't win the Super Bowl, Matt. Right, right. So I don't necessarily disagree, but I'm not. That's a tough way to make a living betting against Patrick Mahomes. I, I'd rather bet against him in individual games. Honestly, I'd rather take the points with the dogs. When I do bet against the Chiefs a lot, taking the points, but yeah, it's good. He finds a way to pull out, pull out the wins. I mean, there's no way the Chiefs should have beat the Raiders on that Monday night last year, right? The Raiders completely pissed away that game. And uh, I, I keep waiting for this decline, a little bit of decline in the Chiefs where you can play them under the win total or to lose a division, and uh, it hasn't happened yet. So hopefully for you it happens this year. Don't bet on Russell Wilson ending his diva act because I don't think that's, <laughs> that's going to happen. 
but I do think he is going to play a lot better this year because Sean Payton's not going to put up, you know, with that same BS. Payton's got a big contract. He's got all the power. And if Russell Wilson doesn't play well, Payton can pull the plug on him. And uh, that's why I think the pressure is on Wilson to perform, and he knows it, and that's why he's getting in shape. His career is kind of on the line. Absolutely, man. I'm going to root for the Chargers because I'm just so sick of seeing Justin Herbert falter with all that talent. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like I like Mike Williams a lot. I think he's a fantastic player. He's an underrated wide receiver, in my opinion. Um, you know, Joey Bosa just stay healthy for a little while, dude. And you know, they have some studs on defense. I, th- this team just needs to get it together, and Staley needs to mature a little bit, and they could be that team to uh, finally. Cash those tickets for the sharp side, Matt. Man, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, love talking food with you. Love talking fast food. Uh, it was a blast talking all the NFL. I cannot wait to see if you're right about Belichick this year and all the other stuff mm-hmm. that we talked about, my man. So uh, where could our listeners and viewers get your great information in uh, columns? Yeah, I hope I'm right about a lot of that stuff, too. Obviously, you're not going to be right about everything, but I feel good about a lot of these preseason opinions and uh, bets, and we'll see how they work out. But uh, I'm also fired up to eat lunch right now. We talked so much about food. I can't wait to eat lunch. <laughs> you can find me uh, at vsin.com, vsin.com. We put a bunch of great content up there, and you can watch the shows. You know, We're a 24-7 sports betting network, so. Uh, we're going to crank it up. As far as I'm concerned, football season starts now. So we'll be doing a ton of football talk, NFL, college, and uh, we're going in tonight to do a uh, Friday night show and uh, talk some British Open. But pretty much uh, the football season's here. You know, we're training camps open yeah. next week, Hall of Fame games right around the corner, and uh, this these slow weeks at the end of the summer, right? You know, after the NBA yeah. finals, we're not much mm-hmm. going. We got past it. It's over. Now we're full – uh, full steam football. I'm in, man. I'm excited. I'm I'm having a good baseball year, thank God. But man, I, I am ready for some football. I'm ready for some preseason. <laughs> I always put out a massive coaching article on that as well. So it's uh, it, I'm I'm pumped up. It's been an absolute pleasure, Matt. I'll shoot you a text next month when I'm coming up. But once again, thanks again for coming on our show. Everyone out there, check out Maddie if you don't already at Maddie Humans twenty four seven on Twitter. All right, you bet. Thanks. This segment was brought to you by AG1. Why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder in water once a day? Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and the whole food source ingredients on high quality that gives me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get Free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 trial packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash oddsbreakers or check out our podcast episode description. Make sure you check out Matt Humans, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Oddsbreakers. We are doing twice a week now. If you haven't yet, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on your podcast platform. Hope you enjoy the week and go get some winners.